Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. I am glad you are here today. If you weren't here today, I would be here by myself, and that would be neither fun nor entertaining, and so I am so glad that you are here today. It is so special for me to have the opportunity to share here today because while I'm preaching here, my husband is preaching in Lakeland, and so for the first time ever, Andrew and I are both preaching at our home church, Grace City, just in different cities. How fun is that? And so we woke up this morning, both of us early, and my son came into the office and said, Mama, what are you doing? And I said, I'm getting ready to preach. And he looked at dad, who is also, and I said, I know, son. Yes, mommy and daddy both are preaching. And you get to stay home and make pancakes and hang out in your pajamas. And so he was neither interested in what we were doing anymore. He was only interested in the Mickey Mouse pancakes that he was about to get to enjoy. And so it's a special day for us. And I am just so proud of what God is doing here in Tampa. The spirit in this room and the authenticity, the genuineness, and the Holy Spirit's hand that is clearly upon this place would not happen without your pastors, Alex and Brianna. And so I honor you guys. I honor what's seen and what's unseen, the sacrifice, the hard work, the dedication, the commitment. It takes a lot to pack up your family of four, to choose to move across the country, to choose to invest into this city. And it will never be the same again because of you two and because of the team and the church that you are raising up here. And so I thank you. And I really believe this. This is the start of a movement. Have you ever been a part of something from the beginning? There's something so special about being a part of something from the beginning. And so if this is your first time here, don't even like make it a question. Just plan to come back, plan to come to growth track, plan to come back, plan to get involved because there is a movement that is starting that you are going to want to just grab hold of and hold on to because it is literally going to change and transform this city. And to those of you who think you might be in this room by accident, I just want to encourage you, you're not here by accident. You're here on a mission, with a mission, with a calling, on purpose, for a purpose. You're not here by chance. You're not here by coincidence. I don't care what you came in here today facing. I don't care what you drug in here with you. You are here on purpose, with a purpose. Don't care what's been spoken over you. Don't care what someone said to you on your way in here. Don't care what mom said to you when you were eight. Don't care what dad said to you when you were 18. There is a God who loves you. There is a God who believes in you. He has promises to prosper you. His answer to you is yes and amen. And so whatever it is he has purposed in your heart, heart to do. You have everything you need to be able to do it. There is not an excuse in this world that is good enough for our God because he is able to overcome every single obstacle. It doesn't matter how big you think the mountain is. To our God, it is less than a footstool. Doesn't matter how huge the obstacle may seem. You may sit there and go, Christina, you don't know about my finances. You don't know about my emotional turmoil. You don't know about my trauma. Guess what? Our God does. He sees it, he knows it, he's aware of it, and he can work through it, and he can use it. I am standing here as living testimony and proof of how good our God is. And to every woman in the room, I hope you have made plans to come to Echo Conference. And if you haven't, now you have plans. 
February 11th and 12th, I want to encourage you, come be a part. As the team said, you can talk to Lindsay out in the lobby. You can talk to me right after. If finances are the reason you're not planning on coming, wipe that out of the way. I will personally make sure you can come. And so make sure you make that weekend a priority. We have Pastor Lisa Bevere coming to be with us. We have Pastor Andy Andrew coming. Naomi Rain from Maverick City Music. It's just gonna be such an incredible weekend. And so if you had plans that weekend, cancel them. Now you have Echo plans. Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm preaching a message titled Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Turn to someone next to you and say, are you ready for your breakthrough? Now turn to your second choice, your second choice and say, I'm ready for my breakthrough. When God created living things in the book of Genesis, he created every tree and every plant with a seed so that that seed could then for, go forth and reproduce. Everything that's ever been created from the beginning of time has a seed within it so that it is able to continue to bear more fruit. And I'm gonna read for us a passage where Paul is writing in the book of Galatians and then I'm gonna skip ahead in 1 Corinthians and specifically in the book of Galatians, he's talking about gardening and harvesting. And it's in Galatians chapter six and verses seven through nine. And I'm gonna be using some words that if you didn't grow up gardening, I wanna explain what some of these things mean. Because when I say things like reap these days, we don't hear that word a lot. If I say things like harvest, we may not understand. So when I say reap and harvest, that just means to gather, to get, to collect. So when I say I'm reaping, that means I'm receiving. So it's just a big fancy word for something that is very simple. It means I'm getting, I'm collecting, I'm receiving. And then when I say the word sow, that means I'm planting or I'm giving. So sowing means I'm putting something out there, I'm putting something in there. Reaping means I'm receiving something. And so Paul is writing about a common deception. And in this deception, it's the desire for quick results with little sacrifice. How many of us in our human nature desire to get what we want without having to do any of the work to get it, right? Isn't that just human nature? So this is what Paul says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. At the proper time, not when you want it, not when you demand it, not when you ask for it, at the proper time, if we do not give up. And then skipping to 1 Corinthians in chapter three and verses six and seven, it says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God, has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God yep. makes things grow. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that today we have the opportunity to learn from your word. God, I pray that right now in this moment you would speak to us, that any lies that we've come in here today with us, God, I pray that you would wipe those lies and replace it with truth. God, I pray that the words that are of me would fall to the floor. The words that are your truth would pierce our hearts. In your name, Jesus, we pray, amen.
Amen. I was born and raised in Alaska, and growing up in Alaska, we had to depend on the earth for resources. So what that means is I didn't have the luxury of every single day being able to go and just buy whatever I wanted. We hunted every year, and we grew every year what we needed to eat. And so every year, Dad went moose hunting. Every year, we would expect him to come home with a moose. If you don't know what a moose looks like, it's like bigger than a horse. That meant it not just could feed our family, but it could feed other people as well. And so getting a moose every year was essential. Well, in addition to that, gardening was essential because if we wanted fresh fruits and vegetables, we had to plant what we wanted to eat. If we didn't want to eat, that meant we just didn't plant. But we wanted to eat because as a family of five, we knew we needed to have food throughout the winter. And so every single summer, it was a season of planting. And here's what we knew, that in order for us to have a guarantee of being able to harvest, we had to plant more seeds than what was necessary in order for us to guarantee being able to eat. What that means is that if we wanted to plant potatoes and have the guarantee of being able to eat potatoes, we had to plant exponentially more potatoes than what were necessary in order to guarantee we could eat potatoes. Or my personal favorite, the carrots. If you've never had a fresh garden carrot, you have not lived. I'm telling you what, I would pull that sucker out of the ground, just dust the dirt off of it and eat it. Water, what? You don't need to clean that thing. The dirt's good for you. A little grit in the teeth and it's really added protein. And if you wanted to have the guarantee of the good, fresh, yummy carrot, you had to plant extra carrot seeds. We knew we had to scatter excessive seeds if we wanted the guarantee of being able to eat. And so here's the point. Here's what I want us to understand today is that we don't judge a day by the harvest you see, but by the seeds you have scattered. I don't want us to judge a day by the harvest that we see I want us to judge the day by the seeds we have scattered. There's a difference in how we can perceive what we're doing. And I think too often we get discouraged by seeing a lack of results. And if we don't see enough results quickly enough, we give up before we get to see the good work through to its completion. And so if we can shift how we see things by not making judgments by what we see, but by how many seeds we have scattered. You see, seeds are a rather insignificant looking thing. Here in this cup today, I have some seeds. And if you look at just a simple seed, it's actually a simple, tiny, teeny little thing. If you look at this little morsel of a seed, it doesn't look very significant. But this seed has a destiny. A destiny that if planted in the correct soil will bear fruit. This seed, if watered appropriately, if receiving the right amount of sunshine, this seed has the capability of not just producing one living thing, but producing thousands of living things. Because this seed, when planted, bears more fruit. That fruit bears more fruit within itself. And every single one of those pieces of fruit bears more fruit within themselves. Therefore, exponentially being able to impact thousands of plants. But here's what happens to a seed. I have a video for us, and I promise I'm not gonna take you to school too much today because let's get 
serious. You know, most of you, if you're in college, you know this week, I have a whole new set of classes starting and my students are looking at me going, oh, please, Christina. So I try not to make it too boring, but let me give you a video example. So what we see here is a seed that's been planted into the ground. And that seed, when planted into the ground, has to endure a trauma. The trauma is a metamorphosis that actually allows for that seed to break forth. It has to grow down, it has to grow out, it has to grow up. It has to burst through some soil in order for that seed to produce life. It has to endure a trauma in order for that seed to be able to bear fruit and to bear life. But here's the reality. We get so discouraged when we don't see the results we want immediately. In fact, that's great, thanks guys. Uh, when I was an amateur gardener, when I had first started gardening, I used to get so frustrated because I would plant a seed and I would immediately the next day race out to the garden and look to see what has grown. And I would immediately feel discouraged when I didn't see a plant. Well, as an amateur gardener, I did not yet know the process that has to be endured in order for the seed to take root and bear fruit. And I think too often we're like me, the amateur gardener, where immediately when we've scattered some seed and we've done some good work, and when we have not seen the results that we desire, we become discouraged and we want to quit or we want to give up. But there's a distance of time that has to be traveled between the time when the seeds are in my hand and the garden is filled with ripe fruit and vegetable. There's a distance between seed and success that has to be traveled. And when I'm talking about seeds, I'm talking about your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your thoughts, your actions, your prayers, things that we do, things that we behave with, things that we think. These are seeds that we have the opportunity to scatter. Our thoughts, our words, our actions, we have an opportunity to choose whether to put them out or to not. And there's three things that when I look at this passage that I think we can learn about the process of sowing and reaping. Number one, I only reap if I have sown. I only reap if I have sown. In Galatians chapter six, verse seven, it says, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. You see, all of us are given a set amount of seeds. Every single one of us have an amount of seeds in our possession that we have to make a choice as to whether or not we will scatter them. When I talk about these seeds, you may be like somebody on the worship team who's incredibly gifted vocally. That is a seed that Jesus has given you. It's a gift that you've been given specifically. Maybe it's a gift of hospitality or a gift of encouragement or a gift of knowledge or a gift of supernatural faith or healing or wisdom. These are seeds that you have been entrusted with that you have to choose what you will do with those seeds. Another major gift that is a major equalizer is the gift of time. Every single one of us has the exact same amount of time in our day, but how we choose to spend it is what sets us apart from one another. If I choose 
to give my time to things that are of worthwhile, that scattering seed that will surely reap a good harvest. The problem is there's human nature and there's flesh and there's desire to sow destruction, to sow not good things, whether it be laziness or jealousy or envy or anger or frustration or bitterness. I have a choice every single day if I will choose seeds of life or choose seeds of death. What I plant matters just as much as that I plant. What am I planting today? Are they seeds of faith? Are they seeds of fear? Are they seeds of peace? Are they seeds of worry? What are the seeds that I am planting today? One of my favorite quotes that I share every semester is by Samuel Smiles. It says, sow a thought, you reap an act. Sow an act, you reap a habit. Sow a habit, you reap a character. Sow a character, you reap a destiny. The seeds of thought that we plant today create the garden that we harvest tomorrow. Whatever thoughts I'm thinking today are determining the garden that I will harvest tomorrow. Pastor Alex mentioned that I'm a professor of psychology and I was a therapist for years and I used to tell my clients all the time, we will repeat whatever we don't repair. If I don't take the time to repair something, I will inevitably repeat it. It's psychology 101. And so I have to take into consideration every single thought I think. When the Bible says take captive every vain thought and imagination, what it's talking about is stopping something at the root. How I think informs how I feel, which impacts what I do. If I can change how I think, I can transform how I feel and how I behave. Purely by changing how I think. What if we began to view every single thought we think as a seed? That seed, when brought forth to full life, what will it harvest? If we could begin to make a decision right now at the start of 2022 that every single time you think a negative thought, you're gonna squash, you're gonna stop, you're gonna block, you're gonna bind, you're gonna rebuke, whatever that negative thought is. It will literally change how you feel, which will impact what you do. It's Cognitive Behavioral Therapy 101. It's literal science that we have seen proven over time that if I can change purely how I think, I can transform how I feel, which will inevitably impact what I do and what my behaviors are. When Paul's writing about this passage, what he's imploring upon us is knowing that I will reap what I sow. One of my greatest frustrations as a pastor is when I talk to people and I hear about the traumas and the pains of their past and how they have allowed those things to prohibit them from moving forward. I understand pain. I understand it psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, and even personally having endured my own pain and trauma. But we do not get the luxury of utilizing those things as an excuse for not continuing to scatter the seeds that Jesus has put in our hands. There is a reparation process that when we allow Jesus to heal us, it can literally transform everything about us from the inside out, changing how we engage with other people. There are no seasons where we should not scatter seed. There are no seasons 
that should allow us to feel so disqualified that we stop inviting people to church, that we stop encouraging others, that we stop bringing joy to our workplace, that we stop being the person that Jesus has created us to be. There is no season that disqualifies us from being who God called and created us to be. There is no excuse great enough to disqualify us from being who God made us to be. I cannot reap if I have not sown. We have to make a decision today to begin sowing in every season. Number two, I cannot reap where I have not sown. So number one, I only reap if I have sown. Number two, I cannot reap where I have not sown. In Galatians 6, 8, says, whoever sows to please their flesh, from their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. I cannot expect a harvest where I have not sown. I cannot expect fruit to rise up out of places where I have not planted. Sowing by way of serving, by way of giving, by way of helping. I have seen time and time again where we get frustrated by a lack of immediate results. One of my jobs many years ago was as a fitness instructor. And for seven years, I taught fitness classes. And I can't tell you how many times January would roll around and my classes would be packed. And when people would do five bicep curls, they would drop the dumbbell and look at their arm like, oh my goodness, the most gigantic bicep in the world is about to appear. And inevitably, after five bicep curls working out one time, you're not gonna see many results. They'd come to class two, they'd come to class three, and wouldn't you know, come February, they were nowhere to be found. Because if we do not see immediate results, inevitably our human nature becomes discouraged to the point we give up, we call it quits, we pack up and we go home. And here's the challenge I wanna present to us, church, is that this is a year where just because I don't see immediate results doesn't mean I don't trust that the seeds I have scattered aren't mattering, aren't making a difference. What if we made a decision that no matter what I see, no matter how quickly the harvest is observed, I make a decision to continue to scatter the seeds that Jesus has placed in my hands. What if we made a decision? The collective group of people in this room alone, we could literally change a city. If we made a decision that the seeds that Jesus has placed in my hands, the gifts, the talents, the skills, the abilities, I'm going to make a choice that every single day, I'm not gonna live for me, I'm gonna live for Jesus, and I'm gonna make a difference in the lives of others. When I show up to Starbucks, I'm not just there to order my drink. I'm there to minister to the barista. I'm there to minister to the person that's behind me in line. I'm there to minister to the person that's in front of me in line. When I'm waiting to check out at Publix, I'm not just there to get my groceries. I'm there on mission, with a mission, there to make a difference in the lives of every single person that I encounter. What if stopping keeping our gaze down, start lifting our gaze up, and every single day asking Jesus, who do you have in my path for me to minister to? Because I got a handful of seeds, I got a mouthpiece, to encourage and I'm not going to allow my selfishness and my vain conceit to keep me from making a difference in the lives of those around me. 
how different would this city look if we stopped living for ourselves and start living for Jesus Christ? How different would this city look if we made a decision to just take what Jesus has placed in our hands and to start planting, start scattering, start encouraging, start giving, start helping, start spreading hope? How different would this city look? The problem is we become so self-absorbed that all we can see is our pain, our insecurity, our frustration, our bitterness, our anger, our hurt, that we don't stop to take into consideration the pain of the person who's right in front of you, right beside you, the anguish of the person that's been there all along. I cannot reap where I have not sown. What if we made a decision that this was gonna be a year that was different? You see, the reality is this plant right here, if I were to take this home today and I were to plant it in my backyard, I could replant it maybe two more times. But here's the reality, every time I dig up that plant and I plant it in a new soil, it's inevitably going to damage some of the leaves. It's gonna inevitably damage some of the roots. What if we made a decision right now that I'm planted in a house where I'm going to flourish? I'm planted in a place where I'm not gonna keep transplanting. I'm not gonna keep hopping. I'm gonna stay planted in the house and the soil that Jesus has me in right now on this moment, on this day, for all to hear and for all to see. One of my favorite passages is in Psalms 92, 13. It says, those planted in the house of God flourish. What if we made a decision right now that I'm gonna stay planted? I'm not gonna continue to envy my neighbor's field. I'm not gonna stand here and just continue to be jealous about the apple trees that she's growing or the orange tree that he's growing. I'm gonna be grateful for the tree Jesus has given me. I'm gonna be grateful for the gifts God has given me because the tactic of the enemy is to get you so consumed with what other people have as fruit in their life that you don't stop to see the fruit that he's gifted you with. What if we began to appreciate what it is that Jesus has gifted us with. Stop envying your neighbor's field. Start appreciating the field that Jesus has you in. Stay planted. It's a promise from God himself, and in order for me to produce, I have to be planted. One of the most important decisions you can make is to remain planted, planted in the house of God, planted in a city group, get through growth track, lead a city group, get on a serving team, be planted so that you can begin making a difference in the lives of others. I cannot reap where I have not sown. God provides divine alignment for divine assignment. And there is a divine alignment that is right here in Grace City, Tampa, where a whole host of people would love to come alongside of you and be that divine alignment to encourage you to accomplish that divine assignment. The third thing, I only reap after I have sown. I only reap after I have sown. So I only reap if I have sown. I cannot reap where I have not sown. I only reap after I have sown. In Galatians chapter six, verse nine, it says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. See, what Paul is talking about here is a common human condition with a lack of stamina, where we give up too quickly, and here's why. 
because we live in a day and age where we're used to getting what we want right when we want it. And so we approach God like Amazon. Amazon, man, I remember 25 years ago when I wanted something, I'd wait for the Sears catalog to show up in the mailbox. I'd flip through the pages of the Sears catalog, oogling over every single little thing that I wanted, tabbing the pages, earmarking the catalog number. I'd have to call Sears and wait online for forever. Finally, give them an order number and wait, because I lived in Alaska, which may as well be another country, for about a month for my package to arrive. By the time it arrived, I forgot I had even ordered it and didn't even need it or want it anymore. Now, when I want something, I go online, don't even have the dial up anymore, no none of that. You go online, you immediately can make a decision about what it is you want. And when Amazon first started, it was one week that you would have to wait. Then we came up with Amazon Prime because a week wasn't good enough, so I wanted two days. I need what I want in two days. And if that wasn't enough, they came out with Amazon Now because now I need what I want within two hours. And the problem is we are so accustomed to getting what want we want that we approach God like he's Amazon in the sky. God does not work on your timetable. God works on an omnipotent timetable. He sees beginning, middle, and end. He is not here to please you. You are here to please him. He is not submitted to you and your timeline. You are submitted to him and his timeline. We need to make a decision to trust God's timing. His timing is always perfect. It's not what we want, when we want it, but his timing is always perfect. I love Paul reminds us that we cannot give up. So often we want to be be delivered from the journey and God wants to show up in the journey. We want to be delivered from the trauma. God wants to show up in the trauma. We want to be delivered from the problem. God wants to show up in the problem. We want to be delivered from the trial. God wants to give you triumph in the trial. We've got to make a decision that we're going to have a stamina to run this race, that no matter how long it takes, we're going to trust that God will provide what he said he's going to provide when he chooses to provide it. Trusting in his timing. Genesis 8.22 says, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Winter is a hard season. Winter is difficult. It's painful. Because winter means that the sun doesn't shine on our seeds as bright as it does during the summertime. For some of you, you find yourself today in a season of winter. I want to encourage you to not give up in that season of waiting. You keep holding on. You keep trusting. You keep believing. And you keep waiting for what God is going to provide. Because oftentimes at the exact moment that you want to give up is the exact moment that Jesus shows up. My, and my husband's story involves, we've been married now almost 17 years, and we have three-year-old twins. Well, that journey was one of pain and hardship. It's not one I chose. It's not one I would sign up for. It's not one I would wish on anyone else. But that journey of waiting, 10 years of waiting, ended up being the greatest teacher that I've ever had. 
I learned to trust in ways I could not have learned to trust. I learned to wait. I learned to choose joy. I learned to throw baby showers when all I wanted desperately was my baby. I learned to be there for other people when all I wanted was people to be there for me. Whatever that season is that you're waiting on, God has a double portion of blessing waiting on the other side of your patience. But all you have to do is choose to wait and choose to remain and choose to trust because there will come a day that the rains will come. And when the rain comes, what's in your field will take root and spring forth into harvest. There will come rain. Jesus promises. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And what I have been planting in my field will spring forth when the water comes, when the rain comes. So what is it that I'm planting in my field right now? Are they seeds of faith? Are they seeds of joy? Are they seeds of hope? Because when the rain comes, whatever I have been planting will spring forth into life. I need to make a decision to trust in God's timing. I love in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 7, it says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it. God has been making it grow. Neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God makes things grow. I wanna invite the team to come up and I wanna close with a couple thoughts. You see, the seed concealed and the seed revealed is determined by the process of watering. Watering is where you choose to worship. Watering is the time you spend in prayer. Watering is the city group that you belong to. Watering is how you position yourself for other people to pour into you and for you to pour water into other people. This process is so essential. It's why the Bible says those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. It's because I'm meant to be poured into as I'm pouring into others. I want to encourage you today make a decision today I make roots today I'm planted in the house of God I'm going to flourish today I'm gonna to begin scattering some seeds today I'm gonna make sure that my life makes a difference in the lives of other people today is the day don't keep putting it off till tomorrow today you see the problem with being buried is that we oftentimes mistake one for death and dormancy and the other for destiny. What I mean by that is being planted involves dirt and digging. But being buried also involves dirt and digging. And too often we find ourselves in the dirt feeling like we've been sent, buried to die. But what if I were to tell you today that you haven't been buried to die, you're not there to remain, you're not there to stay. Just like that image I showed you of the seeds, you haven't been buried for dormancy, you've been planted for destiny. You've been planted for a season. Some of you are in that winter season and you're tired, you're exhausted, you're in pain, there's an anguish that you can't even bear to describe. Today's the day where you get to rise up. You get to dust off that dirt. You get to realize that you have not been buried for death. You've been planted 
for destiny. There's a destiny in every single living thing, and that includes you. Jesus has gifted you with his seeds, seeds that we get to choose to scatter, seeds of encouragement. What if every single person in this room made a decision next week to not come alone? Made a decision that this week, every single day, I'm gonna make a difference in the life of another person. Every single day, I'm gonna take the seeds that Jesus has placed in my hands. I'm gonna choose to scatter. I'm gonna choose to encourage because I only reap if I have sown. I cannot reap where I had not sown. What if I made a decision today that I'm gonna experience some breakthrough? You see, that seed, it endured trauma. Literally, a seed has to break out of the shell, has to break out of the casing, has to go down, has to grow out, has to grow up. That seed has to endure a metamorphosis that when it's planted in the ground, when a community comes around and encourages it, when we gather around and we shower some water upon it, that seed has no choice but to spring forth into new life. You listen to me today. You have not been buried to die. You've been planted with a destiny, a destiny that Jesus desires to not just change your life, but to transform an entire city. This city needs Jesus. Your workplace needs Jesus. Your family needs Jesus. You need Jesus. Our life has to be lived about more than ourselves. Our life has to be lived declaring that we serve a victorious God. It's time to stop living like a victim. You have not been buried for death. You've been planted for destiny on purpose, with a purpose, on call, with a call, on mission, with a mission. What if this church stood and made a declaration that I am not a person of excuses? I am no longer a victim. I'm a victor because the cross and Jesus' death manifests itself in me. So I get to stand and declare that my God is bigger than my problem. My God is bigger than my circumstance. My God is bigger than that trial. He's bigger than that adversity. He's bigger than that circumstance. He's bigger than anything that you could ever imagine. Our God is greater. Our God is bigger. Our God is stronger. What if we made a decision? What if we made a decision today? Every single one of us. I understand psychologically, I understand emotionally, I understand spiritually. You have every excuse that you could muster up, I get it. You're looking at somebody who's been abused, neglected, who's experienced all kinds of hardship and turmoil, but I made a decision that because of the victory on that cross, I am not a victim. I am a victor because of who Jesus is, because of who he says I am. What if we made a decision today, Grace City Tampa, to stop making excuses and to start living out the call that Jesus has on our lives? You have seeds in your hands. You have calling, you have purpose, you have mission. He desires to use you. All we have to do is say yes. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I have a couple questions for us this morning. The first one is the most important question I could ever ask. I've been talking about this man called Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus or maybe at one point you said yes to him and you've since walked away from him. 
This morning, I wanna give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. All I'm gonna ask you to do is to raise your hand. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything else, but this morning, I wanna know who I get to pray for. If that's you and you would wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life, that just means simply raising your hand. One, you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life. Two, it's a confession of faith. Three, raise your hand boldly, confidently, so I know who I'm praying for right now. Raise your hand. If that's you, I see you. Anyone else? Praise you, I see you. Anyone else? Most important decision you will ever make in your entire life. Praise Jesus. Second question. If you wanna make a decision today that you're no longer gonna live in dormancy, you're gonna begin scattering the seeds because you recognize that today is your day of breakthrough. 2022 is your year of breakthrough and you're gonna begin making a decision that you're gonna start impacting the lives of others. Next week, Grace City Tampa will look different because all week you've been encouraging, all week you've been equipping, all week you've been mobilizing. If that's you, will you raise your hand? Jesus, you see every person who's testifying that they're making a decision today to begin scattering what you've placed in their hands. God, today I speak encouragement. I speak courage. I speak supernatural faith and encouragement. God, I pray that today would be a day, Jesus, where destiny is revealed, where we sign up, Jesus, realizing we have not been buried for death. We've been planted for destiny. Come on, church, let's sing this out this morning. cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. You know what it says in the end of that scripture? If we do not give up, if we do not give up, what a beautiful word that our senior pastor gave us today in such a word in season. Amen. Can we give it up for Christina and the word that she gave today? We can't give up. We can't stop sowing day in, day out. It's our calling. That's why we're made. Let's keep sowing. Let's keep believing. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.